You're listening to Creators in Saigon, a podcast based in the rapidly modernizing city of Saigon, Vietnam. I'm Dana, and together with my co-hosts, Tuesi and Nico, we interview the most inspiring creative entrepreneurs Saigon has to offer on topics about life, relationships, creativity, business, health, and more. We are all coaches specializing in different areas, but our common goal is to inspire you to reach your full potential in these areas and improve the quality of your life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Creators in Saigon. Today we have the pleasure of sitting down with Jana van Wyk from South Africa. She started a hair salon in South Africa when she was just 23 years old, well done, and styled hair at Fashion Week and Miss South Africa, super cool. And now she is a blonde and balayage hair color specialist with over 30,000 likes on her Facebook business page. And she has also just launched a natural shampoo that tones blonde hair and fights the effects of pollution on your hair, which I'm sure all the blonde ladies need in Saigon. So welcome, Yana. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's so exciting to be here. Yes. And I'm joined by my co-host, Nico, today. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you for being here, Yana, today. Thank you, Nico. I'm so excited. So which part of South Africa are you from? So I grew up in Joburg, Johannesburg, but the final years that I was living there, I was living in Durban. Belito is a small town close to Durban, Mm. actually. And that's actually where I had my salon. And uh, yeah, I moved around a bit. Did you like growing up there? I loved it. I miss South Africa so much. I had a good upbringing there and a childhood and living at the coast is so amazing, really. So it's so impressive that you've dove into this hair styling business at just 23 years old. So what do you love so much about styling hair and how did you end up falling into this business Mm -hmm. what I love most about styling hair I think is meeting all the different kinds of people every day I meet someone new and interesting and they all do something different the other thing is I'm always kind of creative you know it's it's never the same thing that I do I always do something different and just hearing people's stories when you know when they sit in my chair they just kind of start opening up and telling their stories. It's just so intriguing and exciting. How I got into it was actually I started studying it right after school because I I wasn't sure what to study. So I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Like in high school, they always like push you to quickly decide, and I really didn't know. I was going to study communications, just, you know, just something, and then – just before, I was like, no, I can't do this. doesn't feel right. Let me just do one uh, year of hair, go to hair college, and then see, you know, what I like. However, I did, when I was a child, I always loved hair. Mm-hmm. Apparently, my favorite toy was a comb. It's just, <laughs> it was just like that. <laughs> and I was always obsessed with everyone's hair. And yeah, so my mom was like, hello, it's obvious you need to go to hair school and I was like okay let me try it out and then after that I did my apprenticeship and that's when I really got into it because the place where I did my apprenticeship they were like doing Miss South African some tv shows and everything like productions fashion week and so on then the bug really bit me Awesome. That's so cool, too, that your mom was supportive of it and was the one to encourage you and go for it. I feel like your story could have been so much different if if she would have been like, you know, no, you have to go to college, you have to study, which I think a lot of people that ends up happening. True. Um, Yes. And, you know, I'm so happy that I took the time because eventually I could figure out like, oh, actually, I do like this and I like education. Let me study more or, you know, and I'm into psychology. But it took time, you know, I'm like in my 30s now and only now I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's just impossible actually to to decide in school, like what the Mm -hmm. heck you want to do. Yeah, yeah, I admire you for 
kind of following your heart there because I I totally did the communications degree. Oh, you did? Because okay. I too was like, <laughs> I have no idea what to do. And communications is just, everyone says, oh, you can do anything with that degree. That's just a super general basic degree. So I was like, okay. And yeah, just like you, it's, it's taken a while to figure it out. I mean, anything is useful. You will always use anything that you went through and it's, it's a learning curve. And I guess you are now finding yourself after this and you are using your communications degree yeah. right now. So in the end, it does oh. work out. Yes. Yeah. Good. Let's go back to actually starting this business. So you mm-hmm. did the apprenticeship first and mm-hmm. then so were you you were working for someone and then did you decide to go out on your own? Yes. Mm-hmm. I I was working for someone in Johannesburg in the city and then I decided let's just move to the beach. Like straight away let's start up there, let's go. Then I started there. I started getting clients. I actually went through the um, phone book back then, <laughs> the phone book, and messaged everyone oh, in that nice. area. And I was like, special, special, hair special. And so slowly but surely people started to find me, and I was doing it from my house. And then I got many clients because it was kind of a sleepy town. And if you just worked a little bit harder, people were liking you, you know. It's like a slow coastal town and I was from the city and I was like go 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 (laughs) so people were like yeah (laughs) so I yeah I I built up clients quickly I was 23 I was young I was active and then I rented a premises and then yeah I just started my salon it was called fashion lab hair studio Ooh, yeah I got stylists and they they kind of yeah they joined me we did really well in our small little premises But then what happened after a year was the premise where we were at got divided into two shops and our landlord rented out the other shop to a barber shop. So it was completely conflict of interest. Hmm. And so after a year and a half and after doing so very well, I had to move. And I had to grow immediately. And there was no other kind of options for me but to take this big, beautiful premises. But it was just out of my league a little bit. So I moved and we started again. And then just as business went on, one of my stylists quit and she started her own business from her home. And that's the evolution of my business so far. <laughs> so... What do you think made your business so successful? What made it successful was the service. We were absolutely concentrating on service at all times just so that we can make it an experience for whoever comes in there, you know, not like, okay, because sometimes it's really scary for people to come and and do their hair, you know. Some people have bad experiences, so just wanted to make it comfortable and nice. I feel like, because when I go to the hair salon, mm-hmm. I feel like the haircut, the, the, the person who do it, is like it's like um, in an interview for interviewing people when you recruit new people and it's one of the first time you interview people. It's like the interviewer is as stressed as the interviewee. <laughs> And and when you do hair, I feel like the, the the guy, you know, or the girl is stressed or not. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. I think you should come to me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm very chill. But yeah, that's the thing. I think that's also what made us successful is uh, we knew we had hair education quite often. And when you know what you're doing and you do a very good consultation in the beginning, you you can't go wrong. But if you're just like, hey, what do you want? Uh, I don't know, what do you want? Uh, It's quite scary. It's the million dollar question, you know. (laughs) I think that's such a good point that can be uh, translated to any business about the customer experience and making them feel comfortable because, yeah, getting your hair done is so stressful. It can be. like That is your hair. That is like your physical how you express yourself in the world. And I have had some really bad haircuts, really bad hair color. So every time I go to a new person, I'm like, oh God, is this going to happen again? It's almost like PTSD. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it stays with you. And I mean, yeah. literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For years oh sometimes. So yeah, you, you, the stylist really has to do a good consultation in the beginning. And you know, you as a client have the right to be like, where's the consultation? And if, if it doesn't go the way you feel like it's going, then you can just, you know, leave. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sit there because I feel like a lot of people feel bad and they're very polite, you know. And so I also have a rule. I'm like, if I don't know, I'm not going to do, okay. Let's just let it hang for a little. <laughs> like, let's just figure out what we're going to do and then we do it. That's so good. Yeah, I'm totally yeah. one of those people who I have sat in the chair and stayed there even though I felt comfor- uh, uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I was too shy or too like – I didn't want to hurt their feelings or something, even though I felt, even though I felt like this is not going to be good. I just sat there anyway because I'm such a people pleaser. Oh, so I love that you you kind of say that out loud to them that hey, if this if you don't feel good about this or whatever, we can come back another time, revisit. Like you can leave. Yes, I guess I see it as a like a doctor's appointment as well, or anything that you go. Th- for like personally for yourself because anything so if the doctor was gonna say okay we need blood tests or whatever you know they'll ask for consent or you know prescribe you some medicine and 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 first test what's gonna happen in your body when you take it and so on it's the same Mm -hmm. like you can't just put on color and (laughs) or you know just start cutting without knowing what's going on in that person's head yeah 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 no that's so true pictures help too pictures always show a picture yeah Mm. yes Mm. any service industry is the good advice is like to consult to show pictures to share the some sort of the promises like the results and what you can expect Uh and and from the service provider to actually back off if he or she feels like okay maybe this is a little you know too complicated for me and i can't do it or there is something that will happen and the client may not actually really like it especially when it's a haircut where you do it like every three i think for me it's like three weeks of one month Uh but for girls it's maybe like once a year or i don't know maybe you can let us know like what is the (laughs) the returning rate but yeah it's uh yeah preferably like four to six weeks but everyone leaves it longer (laughs) yeah it's it's a big risk it is a big risk yeah cool so going back to where your business ended and you said someone went off and started their own thing so what happened from that point okay so by that point we were in a new beautiful salon and I was renting out some spots upstairs beauty rooms and spray tan rooms and everything to help me cover rent however it wasn't enough and I had to work from morning to night trying to generate enough income to pay everyone and everything because now I was one stylist short and she took all the the business and that happens and so I just I I guess like you Dana I just also got burnt out in the end after two years I was like no this isn't life (laughs) yeah I need to live my life but business is hard, you know, and you, you need to go through these things to learn. If if that didn't happen, I would I would probably do it now and have the same effect. You know, you need to learn these things. But in the end, I, I just decided, no, I can't go on like this. I'm going to die. <laughs> and I put it on the market and luckily it sold. And from that from that money, I could pay off all my debts and all my accounts and and so on and, and just kind of start a new life, I guess. And by that time, I was 26. So I had like still a, a while in front of me, a life in front of me, you know yeah. what I mean? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to remember this. I'm going to learn from this. But I was so, so happy that I could sell the business. In the end. So what were some of the kind of warning signs or feelings you were feeling when you were in that burnt out stage? Because some people, it just becomes life and they mm. might not even realize that they are burnt out. So what did that actually feel like for you? Were there other people in your life telling you, Yana, you are you are like so tired or you're not the same as you used to be? Was anything like that happening? 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I was just, I was never at home. And yes, I was probably, because usually I'm, I'm very a happy and positive person, you know, but I was probably quite the opposite with my family and friends back then. I was just surviving, you know, that was the only thing. I was going at seven, working till 10 at night, just like physically trying to, to cope. I guess my signs of burnout was just not being interested at all anymore mm-hmm. you know I used to I used to go home and be like I told my boyfriend at the time which is now my husband I was like you know I don't care we can liquidate let let them take it I don't care you just get to that point <laughs> <laughs> let them take it I don't know and they don't like, even no. have to pay for it <laughs> yes exactly exactly I was just not you know taking any time to take care of myself at that stage at all so just emotionally uninvested and I guess I don't know just not uh, just working at a simmering four instead of an excellent 10 all the time Mm. you know yeah Mm. that's so Mm. good and hairstyling is also literally kind of a physical job too right you're like you're on your feet all day you're using your body that's right Uh, so it's probably quite physically exhausting too to to be up for doing all of that yeah yeah and you are talking you know yeah. having a conversation you working with your hands your body and also running a business you know you you're looking after the stock and ordering and doing the balance sheets and everything so it was all a little bit too much but again I think it prepped me for later stages of things to come you know that intensity but also it wasn't sustainable mm. so I had to just kind of make a, a choice. I guess I could have gone on, and people do. Then they become like a zombie, I guess. And like, <laughs> just like, okay, this is my life now. And I mean, <laughs> three years wasn't a, a long time. It takes about five years before your business kind of starts showing return anyway. So I'm sure if I kept going, it would have had a, another outcome. But at that stage, I was like, listen, I'm still young. And this is not, I'm not feeling so good. So let me try something else. Mm. You were just surviving, not thriving. Exactly, exactly. So when you look back (laughs) at that time in your life, Uh what lessons did you take away from it? The lessons that I took away was to absolutely, you have to look for little clauses in the, in when you rent a, a place, a place of business or premises. You have to look for little clauses or you have to put some in. So people, you know, I really got kind of screwed over in the beginning. And mm-hmm. so like it became an issue with parking and who's going to, who can stay open later and little things like that that you will never think about in the beginning when you start your business. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I learned is just, Always keep it simple. Don't make it too complicated in business. Very simple is the only way to go and rest. You got to rest to be the best. Ooh, yes, snappy. Girl. I like that. <laughs> rest to be the best. Oh, that's so good. It's the only way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, mm. moving on then to your transition to Asia. So you didn't come to Vietnam right away, right? You were in Thailand for some time. So what were you doing there? How did you decide on Thailand? Walk us through that. Sure. I did a TEFL course to go teach English and to travel a little bit around Asia. But I was still doing hair, always. I was always doing hair. (laughs) It's just my thing. Yeah. And while I was teaching English and doing hair, I decided, okay, well, I think to excel in in this industry, in the teaching industry, I just, I need to get a degree. Otherwise, I'm going to be always teaching the, you know, you know how it goes in the <laughs> language centers, yeah. etc. And, and, and that's how I started studying education. Mm. Then I went to Qatar in the Middle East, in Doha, and I also did hair studied and and also worked at a school and after that I came here wow yeah lots of traveling back and forth very cool yeah when did you arrive in Vietnam three years ago okay yes so yeah it's been a while 
as soon as I arrived, I just kind of put a post out and was like, hey guys, I do hair, whoever is interested. And, and immediately I just kind of started again for that. Awesome. Did you just do it in your home? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. I still do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. And also with my Facebook page, when you get over a certain amount of likes, you your page just get, shows up where you are somehow mm-hmm. and so people just kind of find me when they type in hairstylist Saigon and so oh. that is the great thing about Facebook marketing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome and Nico had a question about personal branding so I've been also an entrepreneur for my entire career almost yes. a bit like you and I, I actually made the choice of using my name as my website as, as my you know personal brand Right. To provide my services and to, you know, do business. Mm. And I was interested in actually learning from you or experience. Like, how did you make the decision to actually choose the name of your business as your personal name? Mm. How did it help? And of course, how did it challenge you? Because I guess you needed to put your face out there somehow. That's right. Yes, it it was quite a thing to decide on the brand name because... You know, you you want something that will say it as it is. And, you know, I didn't want to confuse people and and make them think that this is a hair salon. This is this is like a personal styling service and you only get me and my expertise, I guess, and my experience that I've built up over the years. And so I didn't want to choose a, a name, like a brand umbrella name for something like that why did you choose your name that's a good question because actually i've been hesitating a lot and Uh for me i was involved into so many projects Uh and i had the same thing happening like i had a business it has its own name it closed down but i still kept some activities in it and everything but because the business closed the name was somehow you know like less powerful so now, like, I'm trying to build something where, you know, it's always going to be connected to me because in any case I learn, in any case I evolve. And even if I change my services, it will mm-hmm. still be me offering something else. Mm-hmm. And I want to, you know, keep my supporters somehow and my audience, you know, all the way and, and expand on that. Yes. Well, if it's you doing the service, you personally, I feel like you, you need to say it how it is. Like, don't confuse people. Um, keep it simple, like I said before, and people know what they're going to get. But with my shampoo, now that's another story because I wanted to brand it differently. The name is Earthy Blonde Shampoo because my long-term plan for that would be, you know, so that can kind of just go on its own. I don't have to, my face doesn't have to be connected to the shampoo itself. So in that it's that case, well. it's different. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. And so what was the challenges, like the downside somehow of using your own name? Oh, well, service. You know, my and my name is Professional Stylist, Jana. So if something is not professional, people will be like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> it's in your name. <laughs> and, and also Facebook is really good at showing it as well. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I, I always have to be on top of my game and have the correct products and timing and, and so on. So that is the biggest challenge, I would say. Nice. Yeah. I wanted to ask too, do you also feel pressure to have great looking hair all the time? Oh, Dana, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I woke up like this. Girl, Selfies. <laughs> I work hard. I work hard for the same. <laughs> it looks great. Thank you. No, no, but seriously, I have like an issue with my hair. Like I promise you, since I was a baby, I was like, how's my hair? How's my hair, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like ADD or something with hair only. And I'm such a perfectionist, but only with hair. The rest of my life, no, I'm so relaxed and chill. My hair is like, oh, I need to blend that line or that's brassy or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah oh my gosh why do you think that is i was born like that i don't know (laughs) 
I really, I don't know. Well, once my mom did cut my hair when I was small, like terribly. And from that day, I was like, I will become a hairstylist. So there it this is. can never happen again. Yeah. And, and how do you deal with the, the motorbikes here? Like you never take your motorbikes or you never put a helmet on, right? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I have styles to work with the helmets. Okay. <laughs> Anything is doable. Uh, please help me. Yeah. <laughs> I need to, you need to become my client. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to change your life, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it will. This, this. After three years of living here and in Thailand, I've, I've made some styles for that is compatible with your helmet. So that's fine. Ooh, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> the heat, I can't do anything about the heat. Seriously. Jeez, guys. No. And I'm sure the, the coloring, too, makes it even worse. I mean, I can't talk. I color my hair all the time. But, I mean, I've noticed definitely that my hair is more dry living here than it used to be in, in the U.S. My hair was so shiny all the time really? and, like, thick. And now it's very feels very brittle and dry all the time. Right. But what did you do differently in the U.S. than here? I don't know. I I don't think I did anything differently because I was still coloring it quite a bit in the U.S. But did you put it up as much? Mm. Because here it's so hot, so you always yeah, bring it up. that's true. I definitely put it up more here. Because, you know, you get two types of damage. You get chemical damage with coloring, and then you get mechanical damage, which is just literally touching your hair, combing it, the air con, the wind, everything. Mm. So, and here it's just like... So you get bombarded with all, all of the things. things. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So you don't think about that. And then, yes, the pollution water, etc. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So then going to your hair product. Yes. Can you talk a bit about what inspired you to create this? I'm sure it's pretty obvious. I mean, for blondes in Saigon, I'm sure the pollution and the coloring can have a big effect. So mm. how does your product help with that? So it is for blondes, but it's also for people with um, gray hair. So it can take out the brassiness in the gray. And also if you have brown hair and there's a brown, like red or orange shine in your ends, which it always seems to happen, mm. it takes that out too. But I decided to go ahead with the shampoo. I've been thinking about it for 10 years. Like It's a long time coming. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> It's just come to a pinnacle over here in, in Saigon because manufacturing and everything is just so much easier over here. I did it because wherever I traveled, it was always the same problem. You mm. know, do the, the blonde and the yellow comes through and the brassiness and, and then the pollution makes a big difference. And so my shampoo has activated charcoal in which eliminates the, the debris on your scalp. And also essential oils that nourishes your scalp. The thing is, we have to remember that your scalp is a extension of your skin, really. Mm. And so you have to look after your scalp, like you look after your skin. Every day you go home after this, you know, you're in this pollution and you wash your skin and you moisturize and exfoliate and then moisturize. And so the same with your scalp. If you don't take care, this is where the hair comes out of you know your body so <laughs> we forget about that and so my shampoo has this activated charcoal and hemp oil and certain other agents in that helps with that and extract it amazing so it's yeah. all natural like organic products that's or right. ingredients yeah all natural ingredients yeah. that's so good and sulfate free which is so great better yes. for your hair and your scalp yes So, like, I mean, being a hairstylist and producing a shampoo is two different job, right? Like, That's right. So, how long time did it take and how did you learn all that? Yeah, so it, it took about, I mean, it took a long time to learn about the shampoo, the natural, you know, mixing and what to add. I still, I'm still learning. It's, it's never ending. And then the branding. So you're talking about marketing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even got to that. So 
eventually now after a few years I've come to the the place where I have the shampoo bottled and a, a good recipe and I myself I'm doing a lot of blonde so it's easy for me to kind of you know test it on people try it on people and and they seem to love it and seems to work on myself too so yeah it's a, it's an ongoing process but it is two different jobs I'm very passionate about the shampoo and I'm very I don't know I'm very excited but it is a full-time job I want to say to you I love so much the natural products I love that you mentioned taking care of your scalp is so important and another thing people don't think too much about is some of these chemicals in typical commercial hair products that you buy off the shelf in like the drugstore are they disrupt your hormone balance so I'm super into learning about women's hormones balancing hormones to help reducing PMS symptoms like bloating and heavy periods and painful cramps and all of that sure and so a lot of those ingredients in these you know skincare things and and shampoo that you can't even pronounce the ingredients on the label right these things are like industrial (laughs) chemical products that we're just putting on our skin putting in our hair and it's actually having a like a cellular impact on your body so it's so important to try and you know, gradually remove those things from your from your cabinet, from your bathroom as much as you can yes. and have more natural products. Beauty routine, yes. And also those those kind of agents prevents your scalp to have a good pH balance. And if your scalp doesn't have the correct pH balance, your hair will thin or fall out and that's just how it is. So... You are so right in the natural, going more natural. And if we think about the natural products, you know, the activated charcoal, it is there to literally, you know, suck out all the debris. Mm. And then we've got the hemp oil that moisturizes your scalp. And I've got some jojoba oil, which is a natural exfoliant to exfoliate your scalp, which we never think about and never do. Yeah. So where do you source all of these ingredients? In Vietnam, (laughs) yes, I get some of my bulk ingredients from South Africa Mm. and then the rest of the natural ingredients as well as the packaging here in Vietnam, which is so great because all the natural things, you know, we are spoiled for choice over here. And the bottles are glass bottles, so you can send them back to me and I refill it. Yes, Yes. (laughs) eco-friendly. Yeah, saving your hair and the planet. (laughs) Oh, you're so good at those snappy taglines. (laughs) So you've obviously managed to juggle so many different roles in your life. Like at one point you were working two jobs and studying your teaching degree right and that you just went through this period of you're a hairstylist and putting together this product which we just said is two totally different jobs so what uh lessons have you pulled from from that all of this sort of multi-managing multiple things at once many and (laughs) i guess the the most important is that (laughs) your time your time and your energy you know I think I think the two of you also have many interests just like I do like any entrepreneur does I don't know we have multiple interests and everything just catches our attention and we see the opportunity in everything mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we I feel like time is so limited like let's go let's go let's do it oh my yes. gosh you know do you feel the same? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Me and Nico are like aggressively nodding our head like, yes. <laughs> we have had a lot of conversations like this. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think the most valuable lesson was, yeah, the energy. Your, your energy is your most valuable resource as a human being. So, you know, you got to eventually figure out what is, what's your best skill, what you're the best at. And how can you mold it to work in your lifestyle, really, mm-hmm. so that you can have energy, enjoy your work and life, 
at the same time. Because a biz- running a business is not easy, as we know. It's never easy and life's never easy. So to balance the two, you, you really got to figure out um, some systems for you. So I think what I've learned is doing the most simple, monotonous little things over and over again daily, that is, that is the biggest lesson I've learned, mm. to have that system, you know. You need to take care of yourself. You need to wake up early. Yes, yes. Yeah. So keep going with this system that you have, like your uh-huh. system. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yes. You, you need to, well, I wake up quite early and journal and meditate to handle the stress, I guess, and then schedule my day and only have five things I do every day. That's it. And my five tasks. And if I don't do any of the five of those tasks, They go to the next day and I don't add up more. In the past, I used to have a list of like a hundred things, you know, and I, that would weigh on my mind that I couldn't sleep and, and so on. But now it's like, okay, cool. Like I didn't get to this. Let's do it tomorrow. But only because now I made time to do that. When you are juggling two jobs and studying, no, then it's surviving only. Like <laughs> you're going to eat, sleep, study. That's it. <laughs> You are inside your system. You're not like operating it. Exactly. <laughs> so have you guys, have you done the same? Did you study and work at the same time? I've never done like a full-time degree situation with a full-time job situation. Right now I'm part-time teaching and studying a holistic health coaching certification. Yes. Uh, so It's very self-study and I have six months to, to do it, which at first I thought, oh, six months, that's so much time. I don't need that much time. I'm going to finish in three months. Right. And now three months have passed and I'm like, whoa, this is, this is a lot of work. Right. But I, I love so much what you're saying about having systems and not putting too much on your plate. I think both Nico and I have learned a lot, especially over the past year with our co-host Tuasi whipping us into shape and getting on Notion. I don't know what tool, do you use any tool like software to keep track of your list of things or no what works for me is just you know physically writing it down in in a journal so Mm -hmm. i do bullet journaling okay yes and so i i do the week before i just do my weekly plan i guess and and i i put it in there and then every morning the night before i'd write down what i'm going to do the next day okay. and then i just wake up and do it but if i don't it just doesn't happen it is insane mm-hmm. you need to write it down yeah do you feel the same yeah it's crazy mm. yeah for me yeah. it's yeah like i used to be really good at doing business and everything but i right. was like i was reacting to it i was not anticipating i was not controlling it i was just you know, going with the business. Uh-huh. So like, I was really good at reacting to it and adapting and, you know, like making it happen somehow. But I was right. like, I think f- since last year, like especially with Tessie, where we started to work together, right? We've, we started to be like, okay, what is the goal? What is where we want to be? What, what, you know, like setting up the frame, the framework right. of the project or whatever we were trying to do and then doing it. And me, like for the past years, that's what I was doing. Even when I was like studying and working, I was just studying and working and I was like diving into the action before actually like preparing it, you know? Right. And and I think the amount of time you spend on thinking about things, which is really resulting in stress and a lot of, you know... Monkey mind. Yeah, monkey mind. You waste it somehow because because when you are into the action, then you have to think again and then maybe correct the action and then by night you think about what you've done and everything and it's 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 never ending yes. meanwhile when you have a system actually like you like you mentioned like your system is really good for me because you you take the time to prepare everything and then you do what you've prepared so yes. like you have some sort of a, a guidance for your day you're not just doing it because you have to you're doing it because you choose to 
Exactly. And you know, that time that you spend on thinking, that is energy that you're spending, you know? Yeah. Even if you're sitting and still and you're thinking about it, it's your energy going. And so that's what I've learned. Just kind of be still, conserve your energy, do what you need to, and that's it. That's mm. it. Like, mm. let it go. And little incremental steps. The thing is also, if you are consistent with little incremental steps, you'll get somewhere. But I, I think in the past, I used to be very impatient. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> it comes with time, patience, and wisdom, I guess, as you get older. But yeah, yeah, little, little steps every day. Absolutely. I love this conversation. I'm definitely vibing with the idea that if you're spending all of that mental energy constantly starting up over again and you don't know what you're doing next, you don't know what you're doing tomorrow and you're wasting time and energy thinking about it, whereas you could just have a system and it it eliminates all of that. And I think some of the, you know, famous people like Bill Gates always say like, oh, they they wear pretty much the same clothes every day or they like eat the same thing every day. It's just, it's just taking out decisions, like less decision fatigue. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then also I think it's so in, uh, important to work according to your body. Coming back to what you are now studying with the hormonal issues women experience and so on. Mm-hmm. I wish we knew if men have the same, I'm sure – there's some hormonal things that happen with men, but no one knows about it yet. But with women specifically, I feel like we are so powerful, like three weeks on, and then one week is just like almost a write-off for us. <laughs> but we push and we go and it's extra stress, you know? Right. So I feel like I also wanted to kind of build my lifestyle like that so I can be productive. And when I can't, I can just take a step back and kind of you know, re-energize because I feel like, oh, especially in the city, we just push, 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 you know, mm. and your ego kind of takes over sometimes and you like, uh, or, or you, you get external locus of control. Mm. So you got to reel it back in, keep it simple and just, you know, be humble. Yeah. When you're tired, you're tired. Mm. And you, you, you have to rest, you have to rest. Have you heard of cycle syncing? No, what's that? Oh, girl. Girl. (laughs) (laughs) So it's this whole idea that we can live in the flow of our menstrual cycle, meaning, yeah, meaning that we, it's not just, we tend to think of it as that one week where we have our period, but there's really, things going on all month hormonally like we have these hormonal changes going up and down uh, all month and there's a there's a system or like a a way of thinking a concept around how to structure your life around that so that you're working with your hormones instead of against them like you're saying like just pushing against that time where we're supposed to be resting because that resting time then gives us the energy even more energy for the time when we're supposed to be productive and like getting stuff done Mm. so it's actually such a beautiful concept that I I'm like trying to shout from the hilltops and I wish every woman knew about this and I we should be taught this when we're young it's ridiculous that I'm just learning about this as I'm 28 years old I will message you offline with more information about it if you want (laughs) I'm super into it and I'm super into spreading that message too but it's good to live by example so you know younger girls or women can then Mm -hmm. take the same kind of steps but and then with the male side of things i feel like stress you know the stress cycle in and the woman influences so much because every day you feel like you're stressed and men don't really you know talk about it or deal with it as women would like oh we like we have a, a outlet at that time of the month that we like okay i think i know why i'm feeling like this and acting like this but men are just kind of constantly like you know, handling. And so back in when you were cavemen, you would have stress and run away. You know, you'd get rid of that stress in your body. But now, because it's socially unacceptable, you got to just sit there like, okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And yeah. so you need to complete the stress cycle. That's my point. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like for women, it's somehow it's easier because there's a physical sensation and a physical something, something's happening. So you have, if you don't take the time to rest or to take the, the chance to use this as a, an opportunity to be like, okay, this is the time where I need to uh, stop doing all this busyness and move on to maybe more mindfulness and be gentle with myself. But for men, it's true. Like we, and it's, I think in general, like we are not taught how to like listen to ourselves and listen to our body mm-hmm. because we have to sit in school for eight hours a day, listen to someone who's supposed to teach us something. Mm-hmm. Then we go to eat at the same time. And like, it's not necessarily the food that we actually need for each and own different bodies. And mm-hmm. then we go to, to bed and our mom is like, yeah, you need to, you know, do your homework first and then and all these things. And then we mm-hmm. go on to those things and. I think when we are adults, it's we are not educated to to like to balance our life based on what we actually feel or like or yeah or, or, or yeah feel like what emotionally we feel. in tune yeah maybe mm, true and I think that's what's great about again having a system because we something that Tuesi has brought into our lives now is daily tracking and weekly reviews and even monthly reviews so it's a it's a designated time where you set aside to sit down and sort of look at how your week went what moments were stressful for you and how can you move forward knowing that that situation was stressful what can you do differently how can you adjust so having that time to actually sit and slow down and think about these things I think is so important for that emotional and physical stress. So true. Mm -hmm. You can just go back and see, oh, I didn't meditate for five days this week. No wonder I was so stressed out and couldn't sleep or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you need to have the time. And actually, do you work every day or how does it work? No, I try to work four days a week. So the rest of the time I'll just, you know, I say I don't work, but I'll try not to work the rest. (laughs) The, the other days. But yeah, then I try to, you know, do exercise, do my chores, relax. We haven't talked about her husband. Mm. My husband. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to expand a little more, like how he's part of your support system, maybe? Yeah, sure. You know, he's been with me since the beginning, since I started my business. He actually was in the business as well. And so... For that reason, we actually had to, when I saw the business, we actually broke up because it was just too much for everything. The the whole life came kind of crashing down, you know. Mm. And so later on in life, we found each other again. And he's super supportive. He's always there when I need him to be. He's understanding. And it's just kind of our life now, you know, people coming in and out. He's also entrepreneurial, so he makes like chili sauce and I make shampoo and, <laughs> and you don't mix them all yeah. <laughs> separate okay <laughs> we have some interesting smells in our house <laughs> so yeah it's pretty open and very very supportive it's so important to have someone like that but I'm also I also think that you can you know as a single woman or, or man you can support yourself by having these little systems and and so on. How about you guys? My wife is actually a big part of my support system as well. I think I owe her where I am here now. We have been together for eight years, so that is so amazing. Yeah. And we've we've broke up at one point as well, like oh, yeah? in the biggest tension, because I made the business a priority, uh-huh. and for some reasons. I was not ready to be a good boyfriend, but then I realized I was like, actually need her, miss her, she missed me. So we need to figure out a way to reverse and put our relationship in the center. That's so amazing. And it's so cute as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also what I, we've learned from, with our relationship was never go in business again, you know, with yeah. each other. Keep us in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still single, still waiting for the one. Awesome. (laughs) Stuff in Saigon. But like you said, I do feel like I support myself and I'm glad that I had 
this time to be alone and like figure myself out and find my way and set up all of these systems because I'm sure going into a relationship I just I just picture the next guy being like damn you have your shit together (laughs) I'm gonna be like yeah I do you better have your shit together I was just saying I was thinking that like he better have his shit together yeah like if he wants to date you Well, you can uh, interview him on the podcast and then go ahead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've been trying. Every like cute guy I see, I'm like, ooh, should he be on the podcast? <laughs> you, you know, you invite him to record, but you actually don't record. <laughs> yes, there's no days. recording. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So we're getting kind of close to time here. So I kind of want to wrap up. I think this has been an amazing conversation, such good little nuggets of wisdom. How can people work with you? How can they purchase your product? They can buy through uh, my website, which is yanafanbeek.com or my Facebook page, Professional Stylist Yana. Uh, Or they can email me. And I will send it to them. I'll, I'll just grab deliver it to them. Awesome. Yes. Cool. So and we'll put all those links in the show notes. Thank you. Well, and I'm also um, available for, you know, styling or consultation or any advice any people might need mm-hmm. with their hair. Amazing. Yes. And Yana has been kind enough to offer a discount for our listeners so if you guys enter creators in saigon as the promo code on the website or message her on facebook then you guys can get a special 10 percent discount so thank you very much for that so exciting and anything else that we missed or that you wanted to share i think just thank you for having me today it was so much fun to also speak to similar like-minded people mm-hmm. i love it when i meet like-minded people we all have the same look in our eyes you know that like yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> so much fun so thank you so much and i love what you're doing i'm very I'm a big fan. Yes. Thank good job, you. guys. Thank you so much for this compliment. Yes. yes. Awesome. Oh, one more question. Almost yeah. forgot. So we always ask our guests this at the end. How would you describe Saigon in three words? I would say Saigon is beautifully organized chaos. <laughs> Ooh, perfect <laughs> that was such a like a unique way of answering too i loved it and you beautifully <laughs> described it more like in a phrase <laughs> beautifully organized chaos that's so good i was wondering about that but, but yeah i was like is it should i use a sentence or three words <laughs> but i stick with that it, yes. because it is it is it is it is intense man i love yeah. it though I love it. So good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nicole. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Creators in Saigon. If you liked this episode, become a part of our mission to inspire others by leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts and sharing this episode with your friends on social media. This one small act can truly make a difference in someone's life. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and see you next time.